When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm here once again to be right, America. I'm sure you missed us. <laughs> Amber and Ian, Amber Wilson, Ian Fitzsimmons. We have been off here because of baseball the last couple of nights, but we are back on your airwaves. Amber and Ian presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports, but you don't want to just hear from us. You want to hear from others as well. So let's bring in Albert Breer from them MMQB.com and Sports Illustrated. And Albert, thanks so much for joining us. We're going to get to the NFL with you in just a moment, but I actually want to start with college ball with you because we were just talking about the Michigan sign stealing scandal. What do, you, what do you make <laughs> what do you make of this whole thing? Well, as as Fitz knows, I'm a man of integrity. Bert. You got us? Although I, I like to wait for all the facts to come out, but I, but I do remember, um, you know, some some pretty vicious attacks based on on tattoos and memorabilia about twelve years ago, and you know, some some moral high ground taken. I don't know if you remember that, Fitz, but uh, I think you wrote a you piece know, on I, it where yeah, a certain head coach of your beloved Buckeyes and and uh, Saint Jim Trussell, uh, you yeah. called for him to be fired. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't call for him to be fired, but I said that it, after it happened, it, um, I can understand why it had to be done. And uh, so, you know, it's interesting that the shoe's on the other foot now. Um, well, I just, I, I, I sort of bad, feel bad for the CJ Strads of the world who had to leave there without a win the last couple of years. But that's another story for another day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just in curiosity, again, before we get to the NFL, yeah, you, you talk to a ton of college coaches, you talk to a ton of NFL guys. Mm-hmm. How much has this come up organically in conversation when you're talking to people, a even lot. around the National Football League? Yeah, a lot, Ian. I mean, I, I think it's, you know, it, it's interesting because, you know, at the NFL level, it's not as much of an issue because of the the the, um, the, the radios and the helmets, you know. And so, and, and if you remember, like, that was sort of one of the things that happened after Spygate was that they put the radios and helmets of the defensive players where they'd always been on the offensive players' helmets. I think going back to the mid-90s, um, you know, Spygate was kind of what kept things to where, you know, now they got the guy on defense who's got the green dot on his helmet is getting the call in his ear. Um, you know, there are easy fixes for this, that's for sure. And, you know, I think the college game is just so over-litigated, you know, and so many different rules and all these different things that go into it that, there are easy fixes to a lot of these problems. And I think that there are a lot of people in the pros that don't understand why um, some of these fixes haven't been implemented already at the college level, you know, and then of course, I think you've got, you know, your normal, um, you know, discussion kind of in the background, especially because somebody plays coached in the NFL um, and what this could mean, you know, does it mean he's in the league next year? You know, cause I think that this, um, I mean, look, like I think this makes it a more real possibility again, right. That he's going to be looking for an NFL job, whether, he's guilty of this or not, like either, you know, he is and maybe he gets pushed that way or he's not. And then, you know, I, I think at that point, if you're him, are you, are you sort of done with the NCAA, you know, after everything that's happened over the last year? 
And he's been public in saying, you know, he has unfinished business in the NFL. So there are, I would say, a lot of like tentacles that reach into the NFL off of this story. Albert Breer from the MMQB.com joining us here on Amber and Ian. Okay, so let's get to the NFL, Albert. Make me feel better about what happened to my Miami Dolphins on Sunday. Although as a Dolphins fan, I actually felt worse about the Bills loss than I did that Eagles loss. Am I crazy for that? Um, no, I mean, I like look, I think Miami, for one thing, Miami's banged up. Um, and you know, I think the offensive line issue caught up to them to some degree on Sunday. Um, you know, the second piece of it, which I think is really, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I think this is like the sort of inside football thing that people don't pay attention to. There's a formula for beating Miami and it's not like any team can line up and pull it off, but if you can knock them off schedule and get them in third long, because that's what both Buffalo and Philly did, they become a different team. And it's because of the way they play offense. You know, the way they play offense is based on making everything look the same. And so the runs married to the past, it's almost like, um, and this is true of all the Shanahan offenses, it's almost like the old wing T, you know, where you're looking at one thing, it could mean five different things on every play. Well, what takes the teeth out of that? What takes the teeth out of that is if you're in third and 13 or if you're in second and 17. You have penalties, negative plays that put you behind the sticks. This is an amazing number when you look at the Dolphins this year. In that game against uh, Denver where they scored 70 points, they faced their first third down period on their third touchdown drive. They weren't third and long until their seventh touchdown drive. Now think about that. You're not in third and four or longer until your seventh touchdown drive. So, you know, I think that that's part of it too. You know, if you've got an offensive line issue, which – you know, I think obviously that the injuries have exacerbated that, then you're more prone to negative plays. You're more prone to penalties. And if you're putting yourself in situations where you're in longer yardage, it changes the dynamic completely for your offense. So um, I've kind of become like a down and distance evangelist when it comes to some of these young quarterbacks. <laughs> and I certainly think it applies to, to the successes and failures of, of Tua and the Dolphins offense. Albert Breer, senior writer, MMQB.com, Sports Illustrated, here with us on Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're now coming up on the end of the second quarter in the season. Yep. What have you learned that has surprised you? Um, you know, I think the Panthers would be this bad. Um, yeah, thanks. I think they'd be yeah, a one Thanks. Six. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate um, it. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. And I, and I hate to pull that one out on you right away, but that's one. Um. Yeah, I don't know that there's been that many, like, shocking things. You know, I I think the Lions becoming a powerhouse. Now, obviously, that didn't apply on Sunday um, when they got it handed to them by Baltimore. Baltimore, like, how fast things have come together for them. Um, you know, I knew they'd be good. I think I picked them to, to be in the playoffs. But, uh, you know, they, they, they look like they've been rejuvenated by the coordinator changes the last couple of years. Mike McDonald on defense and now Todd Munkin on offense. So they'd be one. Lamar's playing really, really well there. I mean, I don't know. Like, it just doesn't feel like this is the type of year where we've seen any big shocking things. Like Miami. Like, I think Miami's taking a step the same way Baltimore's taking a step, right? Like, so if you consider it a big surprise that they're, they've been great a lot of the time rather than just good, like, maybe that would be it. But, you know, I, I mean, outside of, you know, like a couple teams being a little worse than I thought they'd be and a couple teams being a little better than I thought they'd be, I don't know that there's any big surprise. Maybe it would be the defense being ahead of the offense, you know, um, this deep into the season. Because usually you see that over the first couple of weeks. But maybe that would be the overriding thing is how it certainly seems like 
And whether this is, you know, a result of practice time or defenses catching up to what offenses are doing or the lack of contact in training camp, whatever it is, it definitely feels like the defenses are still ahead of the offenses. And we're almost two months in the season now, which is abnormal. Elber Breer joining us. So that's maybe abnormal. What's not abnormal is us talking about the Dallas Cowboys on national radio. So let's do it. (laughs) Jerry Jones. He said he's willing to make a trade, but he's not willing to make the first call. What is that about Albert? That's a weird thing to say because there aren't very many teams out there that are sellers that are, I would say motivated to pick up the phone on their own and start calling around. Um, Dude, you covered the Cowboys, like the, man. The you don't, co- Bert, stop it, Bert. It's it's Jerry. You covered the Cowboys. No, Come I on. know. I you know. know. You know. He, he says stuff like that. It, it's. I know. Jerry. I know. But it's nonsensical. But you know, this is nonsensical. Like if you're a seller, like they're gonna find you. You know what I mean? It's not like yeah. the GMs and contenders don't know to call. You know, Carolina or Denver or um, you know or Minnesota. You know, it's not like the the the, the guys that are like that, that that are running the teams with you know running running good teams don't know to call those people. You know, so it's not great business for you know if you're Carolina to call to start calling around on Brian Burns or if you're Denver to start asking if people want Jerry Judy. So, like in most cases, like at the trade deadline, at least you have to be the one making that call if you're a buyer. And, like, there are things that Jerry could do to make his team better. I think, you know, adding another playmaker on offense would certainly be helpful. Um, It does look like they need one. So, you know, do you call Denver about Jerry Judy? Um, You know, corner is is another position that obviously I think you'd look at. Like, you know, do you call, say, Carolina about Dante Jackson? So, you know, I I think this is – this feels to me, when it comes to Dallas, like – an all-in type of year, like we have to find out about Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy bet on himself by making the offensive coordinator change. They've got a potential coach in waiting, seeing there in Dan Quinn, and Jerry Jones isn't getting any younger. So it does feel like a lot of people in that building have a lot invested into this year. Um, but, you know, you, that, that doesn't mean you don't have to be the one to make the calls when it comes to the trade deadline. This time of year, you almost have to be that guy. Um, because it can be a tough look on a seller to be shopping players who, you know, might remain on your roster after the deadline. Jerry being Jerry once again. Albert <laughs> Breer, you can find him on them MMQB.com. Also, of course, Sports Illustrated. Thanks, Albert. All right. Thanks, guys. Buck Coming up Albert. next year on Amber and Ian. What team do you trust the most from week to week in the NFL? Who is great in this league? We'll get into that. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We've already established that it is a week-to-week league in the NFL. And boy, do people overreact week in and week out. And sometimes maybe underreact as well. But who is actually the teams that we trust in the NFL now where we sit here through five weeks of the season. Amber and Ian's presented by Progressive Insurance. Bye. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save. 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. Don't forget to hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. Definitely not week five. Definitely more weeks than that. But that's where I'm at. We've got 11 weeks left in the season. It was the last time we were on the air. It was week five. was last time you and I were together the on the last show. last time we were on here, it was week five. So it kind of counts. Uh, that's the problem with how little we've been doing this darn show. It's impossible for me to keep track oh, of the weeks here. Tears. But here's the problem. That's awesome. Here's the problem with the NFL. People freak out about these things each and every week. And we're getting more of that this week as well, right? We were talking about it with the Ravens, with what happened to the Lions. Are the Lions now out as the darling oh of the gosh. NFL? The 49ers, Brock Purdy's in concussion protocol. Are they out as the darlings of the NFL? So let's talk, Ian, about the teams that you actually trust at this point in the NFL season. The Eagles, the Niners. That's pretty much the list right now in, in the NFC. And in the AFC, you know, you got to go to the reigning champs, obviously. And I hate to say it because James Steele is going to start pumping his fist. But who, who, who is that? Who, who are the reigning yeah, champs one more time? Here we go. Yep. Who it's is Kansas that? City. Em- em- and that's, em- who are the champs? That's the list. Reigning champs? That's okay. it. Three teams. If I trust week to week, right, I, I expect them to win, you know, and I'm a, not surprised, right, but it's like, oh, wow, they lost. Um, it doesn't happen often. So Eagles – Number one right now over the Niners with Brock Purdy being in concussion protocol, Debo being banged up, Trent Williams obviously being banged up, one of one of if not the best left tackle in football, and then in the AFC it's it's the Chiefs. That's my list. I agree with that. that's it. That's your list. That's your entire list. Uh, I, I agree with the Chiefs. The Chiefs are an easy one. I think for us all to look at and trust. And if you're going outside of the Chiefs conversation, I think things get more difficult after that. And that's just the easy play anyways, because listen, I mean, they're the defending champs. We've seen them do it. And we've seen them do it ultimately at the highest levels. A lot of people put the Eagles in that conversation. James, they're not undefeated, by the way. Just just so you know, they're not undefeated. Just keep saying good things. I'm just... 
I'm just saying. Right, uh, I need it for I need it for the. I've for never the top discounted hour. the Chiefs being good this season, though. We all believe this in season, the coaching yeah. staff. We all believe in the quarterback. It did look like they actually were missing a little something from somehow missing the weapons. Like they didn't miss Tyreek, but uh, they missed Michael Hardman <laughs> and he left. Bring but him back. They've corrected that situation. And Rasheed Rice, City. the rookie out of SMU, I mean, he's going to be a star mm-hmm. in this league. He was a steal in the second round. We talked about it on draft day with Mike Tannenbaum, Chris Canty, and Chris Carlin. This young man is going to be an app. Ab- a steal for a second-round pick for the Kansas City Chiefs. So the Chiefs are fine. Uh, it, everybody knows that. Outside of the Chiefs is where it gets more complicated because I was sold on the San Francisco 49ers, and frankly, I still am. But we know how much health matters in this league, and I think that we've seen that as a factor here the last couple of weeks. Also, the 49ers aren't unbeatable, but either are the Chiefs. Nobody in this league is unbeatable. Brock Purdy apparently suffered a concussion in this last game. Even the 49ers don't know when that concussion occurred, but did that have something to do with throwing multiple interceptions in that game? It remains to be seen he may take a week off here Sam Darnold's probably going to come in and look pretty good for that team in Kyle Shanahan's system it's the whole reason that they brought in Sam Darnold and I don't think that they're going to miss a huge step maybe ultimately it's a little good for the 49ers because you don't want anybody thinking that they're too cool for school right and the narrative around Brock Purdy I do feel like was spinning a little bit out of control at a point there are ways that you can beat the Kyle Shanahan system, but also the greatness of Shanahan means that he will shore up those ways rather quickly. My Miami Dolphins were part of that conversation for a lot of people. I understand why people don't necessarily feel as confident about the Dolphins now. Now, I'm not out on the Dolphins because of the Eagles' loss. I felt like the loss to the Bills, frankly, showed more weakness in the Dolphins. But the why? thing is with this Eagles' loss is because – they were missing so many starters and pivotal starters. Go. They were so banged up. That O-line is incredibly banged up. Missing Teron Armstead, missing the secondary there. It's going to look very different with Howard and Ramsey back at some point here for that defense. Getting those healthy pieces back, the O-line mattered a lot, you could see, against the Eagles, and yet they were still in it in the fourth quarter, and they were playing the officials, who were wearing Kelly Green that night, as well as Philadelphia. So there was that factor, too, and yet we were going into the fourth quarter in a game that the Miami Dolphins could have won. Now, they end up getting beat handedly in the fourth. I'm not saying otherwise. It just, as a Dolphins fan, made me feel like, all right, they, they're in it. They hung with them. I didn't think the Eagles looked flawless in that game. I haven't thought the Eagles looked flawless all season. And I don't know, some of that's the bias of me bringing in, that I was bringing into me, with me, into the season. I'm trying not to do that. Where, you know, I didn't, I thought the Eagles might take like a slight, tiny little step back. Still a very solid team, a very good team, obviously a very good quarterback and a well-coached team, but a team that's addressed, that's adjusting to new coordinators and new pieces. And although some of those pieces look like they're working out just fine there for Philadelphia, they also haven't looked unbeatable. So it's funny this season in the NFL because every time we crown a team, that team seems to fall the next week. No doubt. Yeah, I could not agree with you more on that last statement you just made, Amber. And you know, it wasn't long ago where we were talking about, you know, hey, look at the Dallas Cowboys. Could this be the year? One, living in Dallas, Texas, I don't trust the Cowboys until I actually see them survive in advance into an NFC championship game. Yeah, you know, and, and they've 
The football gods have given them the football finger many a time. We all know Dez caught it, right, in Green Bay. Uh, and that would have propelled them to the NFC Championship game. But they've been banged up also, right? And the fo- they have not had luck on their side going back to the last 10 years. I mean, meaning the Dez catch, right? You know, and they have you – know, now, right now, Detroit Lion fans are going, what about a phantom flag pickup on, you know, Anthony Hitchens, their linebacker, against the Rams in a playoff game, which my brother was coaching in? Correct. But they still haven't gotten to – that penultimate goal of a Lombardi, right? And that is the NFC Championship. So I, I don't trust that. I don't trust Dallas at all until they prove it to me. You know, are they better? Yeah, but right now, you know, as a matter of fact, bet to your hands, bleed. Here's number two tonight. We gave you San Fran minus three and a half. Buy it down to three earlier. I give you the under in Dallas and LA at 45 right now. Why? I don't trust the Dallas offense. And two, I do trust the Dallas defense and the Rams defense. Low-scoring game. Have no idea who wins, but I'll take the under Amber in that game. But uh, but again, there's three teams, three, that I would sit there and go, all right, yeah, I expect them to win every single week. One's Kansas City. The other is Philadelphia. And the other one, even with Brock Purdy being out and Sam Darnold, if he does start on Sunday – are the San Francisco 49ers, and that's my list. The teams, teams with the elite O-lines tend to be the teams that I believe in the most. Yeah, great and point. And certainly Philadelphia falls into that conversation. And I'm not even going to entertain the conversation about the whole tush-push and that whole thing. Like, even watching that work so flawlessly against my Nobody Dolphins, else can do it. Nobody God else bless can do it. I'm not going to complain about that. I'll complain about the officiating in that game just fine, okay? I'll leave it to me to do that. Uh, I'll complain about a lot of things, but I'm not going to complain about that play working because nobody else is doing it and everybody else has tried. Yep. It's just the strength of that O-line. It's Jason Kelsey. It's it's that quarterback. It is how much he can squat. Maybe we'll see a trend here to quarterbacks who can squat 600 pounds over the next five years going into college. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.
ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. The World Series is here. Not the matchup that darn near anybody had, but certainly a matchup that will be interesting nonetheless. Let's bring in some help to talk about it. Buster Olney, ESPN Baseball Insider, joining us here. He will be on the call for the World Series on ESPN Radio alongside Boog Shambi and Jess Mendoza, Eduardo Perez. So you certainly will want to keep your radios tuned here. Buster, thanks so much for your time let's start though before we get to the world series with the retirement of dusty baker he has announced after 26 years as a major league baseball manager he is retiring from the game what's your reaction uh, i'm not i mean it's not a surprise you definitely heard that uh you know during the course of the year that this was something that dusty was thinking about um he talked after game seven the other day when i asked him about you know, what his process was going to be for deciding. And he mentioned that uh, he feels like that he's got grandkids he wants to spend time with. And he's got two hunting dogs, he said, who may not recognize him when he would he would get home. <laughs> so you could feel like he was moving that direction. And look, uh, you know, I, I really hope that history uh, properly reflects what he did for the Astros after he took over the team in the aftermath of the Science Stanley scandal. He deflected a lot of tension off the players. I think he protected them as best he could under those circumstances. You know, a group of guys were getting booed and, and allowed them to, I think that helped to allow them to go about their business of, of getting back, moving on with their careers. Um, but that said, you know, when he was hired, none of the coaches are really his guys. They were A.J. Hinch's staff. The front office, they're not really his guys. And I think over time, you know, he increasingly felt isolated there uh, on some of his decisions. And so, this is probably good timing for him to move on. How many toothpicks? Well, one, where where the toothpick thing sure. come from? I mean, I'm sure you've talked about it. And if you haven't, I apologize for asking. But, I mean, I, I can't imagine, you know, one, I try and chew a toothpick buster. and I mean, there's a hole in my cheek. So I can't imagine the stress of being a baseball <laughs> manager and chewing toothpicks throughout an entire game. Where'd that come from? Did you, did you ever ask him? So. I, you know what? I know that I did, and I can't remember the exact name because here's the thing. Dusty throws at you. You could have one 20-minute session with him. He throws about 800 stories and about <laughs> 500 connections at you all the time. He Love is a name dropper without meaning to name drop. You know, my, my favorite example of that in the, in the spring, uh, you know, we were in the Astros camp, first day of spring training, and I, and I, uh, you know, told him ahead of time because I knew the answer would be fascinating. I said, Dusty, I'm going to ask you on air, who did you hear from after you guys won the World Series last year? And he came up with uh, Sandy Koufax. He got a text from Barack Obama and Snoop Dogg. Because <laughs> Dusty has known everybody in his baseball life, inside and outside of baseball. I mean, my goodness, he's in the on-deck circle when Hank Aaron hits home run number 715. And then he manages the guy who wound up breaking uh, Hank Aaron's record in Barry Bonds. You know, he, t- he wrote this book about smoking weed with Jimi Hendrix. He knows everybody <laughs> and has had so many stories. I hope he does another book. His Hall of Fame speech in three years will be one to remember. It certainly wow. will be Buster only ESPN baseball insider joining us here on Amber and Ian. So Buster, I'm sure you predicted this world series because you know a heck of a lot more about <laughs> baseball than me, but very few people <laughs> predicted that we would see the Rangers and the Diamondbacks in this matchup. Is that good for the sport? How unpredictable this matchup is? 
Uh, well, it depends on how you look at it. Uh, you know, I, I think it's cool. I mean, we all, Amber, we all, every time somebody wins a championship, we always have to hear the players say, no one believed in us. No one thought we would be here. And, and it could be the biggest prohibitive favorite ever, right? The Patriots <laughs> players are saying that when they're going through their championship runs. This will be the first time in history that any team says that it's 100% true with the Diamondbacks. Nobody, nobody thought that they'd be in this position uh, you know, so they're a great story. I think the Rangers are a great story. Now, are the ratings going to be great? Probably not, uh, because you're talking about a small market team with the Diamondbacks. But in three years, I think the sport will benefit from this, because as Carl Ravitch said, you know, when I talked to him today, uh, you know, in 2015, nobody knew who, who, uh, who, knew who uh, Jose Altuve was or George Springer or Carlos Correa, and then eventually they got to know them. In this World Series, the casual baseball fans are going to get to know Corbin Carroll uh, and Zach Gallen and Adolis Garcia uh, in a way that they didn't know them before. So I think it'll be fun with a group of new teams, and, uh, and these two teams obviously very excited to be in this position. Buster, we were talking about this to start the show, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. How much does this match up between the Diamondbacks and the Rangers? sum up the beauty of sports where we think we know, but we really don't. And I think there are two, you know, there, there are two sport events, sporting events that I think really reflect that. And Justin Verlander, you know, when I asked him about this the other night in the Astros clubhouse after they were eliminated, talked about how different baseball is. Right. Uh, and, and so I think major league baseball has that where, you can get have C teams get hot or pitchers get hot or a lineup get, gets going. The NCAA tournament is the other one where you can have a 13 seed, you know, an 11 seed windup in the final four. You can have a Villanova beat a Georgetown. Uh, and in baseball, you can have a situation with the 88 Dodgers where they go in clearly the worst team on paper and they wind up beating the Mets. And then with Kirk Gibson's home run and Orioles Hershiser pitching out of his mind, they go on and win the World Series. Um, I, I do think that, uh, that baseball in particular lends itself, because as, as uh, Justin said, in the NBA, in the NFL, a lot of times, yes, the, the, the best talent, that seems to manifest the most. In baseball, there are a lot of other factors involved, which is why we see these unexpected champions. Game one of the World Series coming your way on Friday. You can hear Buster only right here on the coverage on ESPN Radio. That'll start at 7 p.m. Eastern. Buster, Zach Allen getting the start for game one for the Diamondbacks. What do you expect from him? Yeah, he's been their guy. He's been their Cy Young candidate, uh, uh, you know, during the course of the year. You know, and, and the way they've lined up in the postseason is Gallon one and Merrill two. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's, how it'll continue. I do think this series, you know, and Evaldi and Jordan Montgomery be one and two on the, on the Rangers side. I do think the series is going to be decided by the guys at the back end of the rotation. You know, will Max Scherzer pitch better than he did in the American league championship series? Will some of the rust kick off, uh, you know, will, you know, other guys step up in those spots. I think that Tori Lovello and Bruce Bochy, the two managers in this series, have demonstrated they will be aggressive in making changes. You know, Bochy in particular will watch his guys, and he did it, he did it with Max Scherzer in Game 7. He felt like his stuff wasn't very good, and despite, you know, Max's pedigree, the fact he's you know, going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer when he becomes eligible, Boch moved on. 
Uh, he wasn't going to wait for him. He managed aggressively with a lot of appropriate urgency, and that's why, you know, for me, games three and four are going to be you know, so pivotal in this series because it's going to come down to how those guys at the back end of the pitching staffs perform. As we turn you loose, we started with Dusty Baker, Hall of Fame manager, retiring. Bob Melvin has just switched teams on the same coast, going from Padres to the Giants. What would you make of this move by Bob Melvin and the Agantes? Yeah, yeah and so before game six, you know, when this news broke that uh, the Padres had given Giants permission, I looked at Boach uh, and I said, so – you know, you got the Padres letting go a manager to go to the Giants. How do you think that's going to work out? Because that's exactly the trajectory that happened with Bochi. He got forced out by the Padres general manager, Sandy Aldis, at the time, and he goes on to the Giants, and it worked out pretty well for the Giants. Look, um, at some point, A.J. Preller, the, the general manager of the Padres, has to find a way to make it work better. This, this was not a surprise. It was the worst-kept secret in baseball that he and Bob – did not have a good working relationship. And as one person who works there told me, there's one common denominator with all these managerial changes over the last decade and uh, with the Padres, and that's A.J. And somehow he's got to make it work better than it has. Keep your radios on from now until Friday. I mean, I don't care if you have a job. I don't care what's going on. Just keep your radios on so that you don't miss a second of Buster Olney, Boog Shambi, Jess Mendoza, and Eduardo Perez. They will be on the call for game one right here on ESPN Radio. Thanks, Buster. Thanks, guys. It's our so pleasure, all, Buster. <laughs> all your World Series action coming at you on Friday. And, Amber, uh, how about... A little less Amber and Ian in your lives. How, how about that unbelievable story he told... For, for people just tuning in, if you missed it 10 minutes ago, where Dusty Baker's first three text messages were from Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. And who were, I, I, I don't remember the other two. Barack I mean, I, Obama. Barack Obama. Right? And some baseball Hall of Famer. I don't remember the third one. I mean, that is the power of Dusty Baker. And as, as remarkable as this World Series is and is going to be with two underdogs, two teams that we never expected to be here in the Diamondbacks, and the Texas Rangers. Dusty Baker hanging up the spikes, right? You know, mm-hmm. after 26 years as a manager. And everything he's he's talked about and been through and telling Buster, you know, only about, you know, smoking dope with Jimi Hendrix back in the day. I mean, come on. It, he's just one of the great people. Not just in baseball, but in all of sports. Well, he certainly had quite the career and quite the life uh, when when it's those names Amen. that are in your Rolodex. And I, I don't know if kids know what the heck a Rolodex is these days. So, gosh, dated reference. But when it's those <laughs> names in your Rolodex, you have lived a life well lived, right? And it ain't over. It's far from over here for Dusty Baker. It's just going on to a new chapter, a chapter with a little less baseball, a little more grandkids, it sounds like, and hunting dogs as well. Hunting I like that dogs, he threw in that. that he threw in the hunting dog. So Dusty Baker announcing his retirement as the Strohs manager. He has been a manager in Major League Baseball for 26 years. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, if the Cowboys are going to make a trade at the deadline, apparently they're not going to be the ones who make the first call. Playing hard to get, Jerry? We'll get into that. Amber and Ian's on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Amber Wilson and Ian Fitzsimmons back with you again tonight at Ian Fitz ESPN. That's how you find him at Amber W Sports. That's how you find me. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. You're going to hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Jerry Jones is at it again. He is once again making headlines and saying the things. What has the owner of the Dallas Cowboys said this time. We'll get into that in just a moment. But first, Ian's got some advice. Bet till your hands bleed. 22 and 13 and one on the year so far. We've missed obviously a few weeks being off Amber uh, for, you know, obviously baseball coverage and now the start of the NBA, but we gave you San Francisco minus three and a half buy it down to three earlier. We also gave you the under in Dallas, 45 total points against the Rams. Let's go to the college grid on this one. Give me Keon Tucky, plus four. Now at three and a half, buy it up to four. I never get beaten by that little doppelganger, hey, right, that little, little hook hanging there at, on, the, on the side of that number. Give me Kentucky against Tennessee, plus the four. Buy it up. Bet to your hands bleed with the Wildcats against the Vols. So that's how it's done in college ball. Let's talk about some NFL ball, though, and let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys and the owner and GM Jerry Jones because he said the thing where he's decided that he's open to trades, Ian, as we approach the NFL trade deadline, but he's not going to make the first move. You know, he's, he's the kind of guy that wants you to make the move first. He's interested, Ian. He's interested, but he just doesn't want you to know how interested he really is. Here is Jerry Jones, the Cowboys owner, on 105.3 The Fan. Uh, it'll have to come our way. I don't want to preclude it in any way, uh, but uh, but it always does. Uh, you uh, have uh, a lot of machinations that you're working with every day. I do, and uh, but uh, the initiation of an opportunity to 
make a trade at this time that would help us principally has to start over on the other end. And uh, so that's not uh, being showing a lack of aggressiveness. It's just that's where it starts. I like where we are with our personnel today. And so I'm not uh, thinking in any way that we need to uh, upgrade our roster. Uh, uh, Amber, uh, <laughs> what I'm, I'm telling you is uh, the Rangers are in the uh, uh, World Series. I remember this about oh uh, uh uh about ten years twelve years ago they took headlines so I got to make some cowboys <laughs> headlines and that cowboys. That's, that's Jerry I, I live here in Dallas mm-hmm. Texas that is Jerry Jones master marketer to a T let me say something that will garner a headline that will overtake the Texas Rangers right now being in the World Series. Good luck because right now, I mean, it's, I mean, I, let, let me hear the Metroplex. I mean, it, it is Ranger mania, but I, I can also tell you if, if you pose the question to any fan here in North Texas where I live, they're going to go Cowboys every time. The, the, the mass as well. You have the diehard Ranger fans that will say the hell with that. We're going world series, but it, there's many more Cowboy fans than there are, Ranger fans, but the one thing that has sticks in Jerry's mind is the last time the Texas Rangers were in the World Series, Amber. You went to a locker room at the time at Valley Ranch, not the star in Frisco, their their practice facility, but old school Valley Ranch. There was maybe three or four TV cameras there and just the beat reporters. Everybody else was over at the ballpark in Arlington covering the Texas Rangers. Why? Because it's for a title. And Jerry remembers that. Therefore, Jerry is going to say something he may not believe. Meaning, would he, would he not, and then Will McClay and his son Stephen Jones, who really have more control over the roster now than Jerry Jones does, you think that he really believes that he's not going to allow Stephen or Will, or more so Will McClay, to make a, an inquiry into a player they really believe can help him win a Super Bowl? Come on. If you believe that, Amber, I will sell you a remarkable lake in the Nevada desert. And it's, I mean, it's priceless. I promise you. (laughs) I think that there's a couple things at play here. I think that certainly what you're suggesting, Jerry, liking to stay relevant, liking to stay at the headlines, not wanting the Rangers to take anything away from his team in this sport. I I get that. And that's probably somewhat valid. I also think, I also think with Jerry Jones, I wonder if the new approach is being coy because of what happened with the Trey Lance deal. Now, Trey Lance, the Dallas Cowboys trade for him. I think they give up a fourth rounder, which frankly doesn't seem like much. So I'm not going to suggest that Jerry got housed. But John Lynch came out after that trade and suggested, without saying it directly, that the Dallas Cowboys were offering what they had never been offered before. So then things moved along really quickly. So what he was essentially implying was that The Cowboys were aggressive and that Jerry or maybe his son was aggressive in a way that other teams weren't about Trey. And and so that thing got got moving and you can maybe read between the lines and decide that Jerry Jones overpaid for Trey Lance. Again, I don't think it was much, but that could be the narrative if you read between the lines. So if you're Jerry, 
are you finding yourself a more in a more coy having a more coy approach as we head towards the NFL trade deadline this time where you're thinking I don't want to overplay my hand I don't want to show my cards I'm going to pretend like I'm cool and yes I'm open to trades if somebody wants to call me but I'm not going to go after it so hard this time. So that could be at play as well, because the reality is the Dallas Cowboys could very much benefit from trading for a player like, you know, Derrick Henry, for example. Yes, I, I, I get where you're going with Derrick Henry. Um, but it, it, here's the thing about Jerry and having covered the Cowboys for years. He hates when he's not the top story. In his own backyard. And right now, he is not the top story in his own backyard. Coming off a bye week, right? And the Rangers make the World Series, Amber. He's stewing. There's not enough Johnny Walker Blue on the planet to make that man happy right now. And therefore, every now and then, Jerry will say something to garner a headline. And there's zero doubt in my mind that saying... We're not going to make the first call. Yeah, was it a message maybe to other, you know, every other NFL team out there? Sure, okay, but he he wanted the headline. I promise you, because right now he's not the number one story here on a Wednesday, and and with the Rams coming up, it drives him insane. I promise you. So what does he do? Say some crazy stuff, become a headline, get the brand out there, get that star out there. And then he's happy again. And the Rangers go to the second story, and the Cowboys are back on top of the fold in the old newspaper world. Well, if he really wants to make some headlines, he should trade for Derrick Henry. Oh! (laughs) That would make some headlines there in Dallas and, frankly, make the Dallas Cowboys exponentially better. So maybe he'd be a fit there. There's some other players that you could see on the move maybe as we approach Uh, the trade deadline. The Cowboys are smack in the middle of NFL teams when it comes to room to play with for the rest of the season. They have around 7 million bucks in space that ranks 16th of the 32 teams left. Normally you'd want to leave at least a couple mil to play with coming up next. If the Cowboys are going to make a trade at the deadline, they won't be the ones to make the call plus plenty more.